The Eagles are at the podium, and we've got it all for you right here, thanks to the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to hear from Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson in the moments after the Eagles' thrilling 34-17 victory over the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. Then we'll hear from Doug Peterson again in his Monday afternoon news conference after he'd had 24 hours to think about what the Eagles did in winning the NFC East for the second time in three years, stealing the soul of the Dallas Cowboys in the process. What a glorious day it was on Sunday afternoon, watching the practice squad crew beat a Giants team that frankly made me really nervous going into that game. I felt all kinds of anxiety uh, heading into that final game against the Giants based on how Daniel Jones looked the week before against Washington and uh, how the offense of the Giants really does have a fair number of good position uh, players at the skill positions. But the Eagles did their job. They won the NFC East. And we can now officially say, as the first of my three things here today, the Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles narrative is dead. Bury it in the backyard with your deceased pets, okay? It's dead. We can now officially bury this absurd talking point forever. What we have seen in the last month is 2017 Carson Wentz, maybe even a little bit better because he's a little bit more mature. I think he's been more accurate, and he's had to do more with less. I urged everyone, all of you who were the anti-Wentzers listening to this podcast, and I know you're, I, I know you're out there, and that's that's fine. Everyone here is welcome in this safe space of BGN Radio. But I urged all of you anti-Wentzers out there not to forget what he did in 2017. Too many people forgot about what Carson Wentz did in 2017 because there are maybe five quarterbacks in football who are better than Wentz when Wentz is at his best. And what we have seen over these last four or five weeks is Carson Wentz at his best. I told you not to forget who this guy was. And by now, you know who Wentz was throwing to in the second half of the game uh, against the Giants on Sunday. We don't need to tell you about the injuries to his top three opening day wide receivers. We don't need to tell you that in the second half he didn't have his top two running backs. We don't need to tell you that the, one of the best tight ends in football wasn't available on Sunday and may not be available for the playoffs. We don't need to tell you that he didn't have two of his top offensive linemen in the second half of the game on Sunday. We don't need to tell you any of that because you know. And in a perverse way, all of these injuries that Carson Wentz had to deal with were good for the rehabilitation of his image among many in Philadelphia. Because if Carson had had all of his weapons all season long, yeah, you know what? There's a good chance they might have been the number two seed or maybe even the top seed in the NFC. Maybe they go 13-3 and three if they have a healthy Deshaun Jackson, a healthy Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar who isn't dropping babies. But you'd still have people crying about how Carson is only succeeding because of the talent around him. You know that would be out there. You know, the, you know that the Foles people would say that. But now there is nothing for the anti-Wentzers to hang their hats on. There's nothing. What is Max Kellerman going to say? What, what is Skip Bayless going to say? What are the WIP guys who I love but who were all on the Foles anti-Wentz train, what are they going to say? There's no argument left. There is no argument left. It's done. It's buried. And now Carson finally gets 
his playoff game, something that he's been waiting for for three years. And and I love the fact that Wentz in this last month, it seems with the practice squad guys, he just went out there and played. It's almost like when they went five and seven, despite all the pressure being on them, despite having four must-win games in a row to save their season, it looked like the pressure was off him. It looked like he was having fun out there for the first time since 2017. And his stats for the season, just amazing numbers. 4,089 yards passing. The first Eagles quarterback with more than 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, a 63.9% completion percentage. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for more than 4,000 yards and not have a single wide receiver with at least 500 receiving yards. Some other Carson numbers. Here is a list of NFL quarterbacks with three straight seasons of 20 or more touchdowns and 10 or fewer interceptions. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and now Carson Wentz. All of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Now, it's Carson. I'm not including Carson Wentz in that. But Brady, Manning, Wilson, Brees, Rodgers, that is five Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Carson Wentz has added his name to that list. A couple stats from Ruben Frank, who's just great with these. Carson Wentz is the third quarterback in NFL history to throw a touchdown in all 16 games in a season and finish with seven or fewer interceptions. Tom Brady did it in 2010. Matt Ryan did it in 2016. And per Frank, the only quarterback in NFL history to throw 20 or more touchdowns and seven or fewer interceptions in three straight seasons, Carson Wentz. In December, Carson Wentz went 145 for 219. For 1,509 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception, and a passer rating of 99.29. Oh, by the way, Carson Wentz made it through the season completely healthy. Now, none of this is to denigrate what Nick Foles did. He should be remembered and applauded for what he did here. But I think what we're seeing here in these final four weeks, if you look back on what happened in 17 and 18, is that Doug Peterson is really the person who's responsible for how this team has played at the end of these seasons. I mean, he's not going to win Coach of the Year award. John Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan's going to get that award. But it is a crime. He has not won a Coach of the Year in any of the last three seasons. He should have won it the year Sean McVay did, for sure, in 2017. Is there any coach in football you'd want other than Doug Peterson right now? No, there isn't. Over the last three years, the Eagles have played 12 games with their season on the line. In those 12 games, the Eagles have played without key players at virtually every position on offensive de- and, and defense. And in those 12 games, the Eagles are 11-1. With players like Boston Scott, Josh Perkins, Greg Ward, Deontay Burnett, Robert Davis, Rob Motti of the AP noted that those guys, Scott, Perkins, Ward, Burnett, Davis, were cut a combined eight times by a total of four teams since the end of August. On Sunday, they combined for 16 catches, 225 yards receiving, 54 yards rushing, and four touchdowns. That's nuts. What this late season run with the practice squad players has done has win the locker room back for Wentz, too, I think. If, if, even if it was lost in the first place, it might not have been. But with all the whispers, with all the Orlando Scandrick stuff, with the anonymous source, all that stuff's gone. And it's because Wentz has done this, and Peterson has done this with these practice squad guys. Boston's got three touchdowns on Sunday. Deontay Burnett with that unbelievable 40-yard catch. Joshua Perkins with a touchdown. Greg Ward continuing to move the chains week in and week out. And you got to give a big ups for Dallas Goddard, who is showing the elite-level talent he is at tight end. I was wrong about Dallas. He, he'd had a rough first couple seasons, I thought. He has blossomed here over the last month of the season. And hey, give credit to Matt Pryor and Halapulavati Vitae filling in for Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. They didn't have phenomenal games, but... A couple mistakes aside, they kept they kept the Giants 
pass rush off of Carson Wentz and did a really good job filling in. Jeff Stoutland is an amazing, amazing positional coach. And Deuce Staley is an amazing positional coach. So there, I mean, there can be no one in that locker room pining for Nick Foles right now. The players in that locker room have to believe in Carson Wentz based off of this last month. And I think everything that's happened here, him losing all his players and Wentz persevering and managing to win the NFC East with this crew was the best thing that could have happened to Carson Wentz. And I don't care what happens from here on out. The Eagles lose on Sunday afternoon against the Seahawks. The season is still a success because you learn something about Carson Wentz and you learn something about Doug Peterson during this process, that these guys are winners and that this team is going to be really well set up with these two guys at the top of it for the next, I don't know, decade? Hopefully. <laughs> that would be great. All right, second thing. With the Eagles winning the NFC East, let's talk about the state of the NFC East right now because for the 15th year in a row, the NFC East will not have a repeat division winner. Since the Eagles strung together a bunch of division titles that ended in 2004, there's been a different winner every year since 2005. The Giants won the division three times over that stretch, and oddly, they won their two Super Bowls as wild cards, not division winners. Washington won the division twice. Dallas and the Eagles have each won the division five times now over the last 15 years. And the Dallas Cowboys, by the time you hear this, will probably have fired Jason Carrott. I'm not mispronouncing his name, Jason Carrot. But hey, hats off to the Cowboys. Carrot got them all rallied together for that huge 47-16 win over Washington on Sunday. Cowboys, The Cowboys players were feeling themselves yesterday, celebrating on the sidelines. They were enjoying themselves. That was their Super Bowl. Congratulations to Jason Carrot and the Dallas Cowboys for that Week 17 blowout of Washington. Great job. Jerry Jones watching Boston Scott score his second touchdown of the day which put the Eagles up 10. They showed that on the TV broadcast. Might have been the best moment of the NFL season for me. So far this year, it was it was glorious. And now they have to they have some huge decisions to make. Aside from who to get to, to, to hire it as head coach, do they pay Dak? Do they franchise him? Do they pay Amari Cooper? By the way, the star seems to have fallen on Amari Cooper, who just simply, simply just didn't show up for away games this year. They showed his home road splits. He's a different player on the road. Troy Aikman had some harsh words for him on the broadcast, basically saying he was benched at the end of the Eagles game because they didn't like the way he was playing, that he's a come-and-go player. And I guess that was kind of the rap on him in Oakland, too. But the Cowboys are clearly at a crossroads. Since 1990, there have been 163 NFL teams that have finished the season with a point differential of 100 or more. The Cowboys are the only one of those teams to finish the season with, an, with a 500 record or below, with a non-winning record. The Cowboys had a, a point differential over 100. They're the only one of 163 teams in NFL history not to finish with a winning record. Now let you move to the Giants. They clearly have some talent on offense. Daniel Jones is going to be a problem in this division in the future. He's a good-looking young quarterback. His maturation at the end of the year reminds me of Donovan McNabb's maturation at the end of his rookie season. They're different quarterbacks, but uh, really, the, the future is bright for them at quarterback. Although they'll be looking for a new head coach in the coming days, too. Washington, big news coming out of the nation's capital. They dismissed Bruce Allen as head of football operations first thing in the morning on Monday, a move that clearly had to be made, but still surprising. He's out of the organization as a whole, and he and Dan Snyder were joined at the hip. So it's pretty amazing that he is out of the organization as a whole, but he's gone, and it absolutely had to happen. Washington fans here are elated, to say the least. The team is reportedly going to hire former Panthers owner Ron Rivera. Again, that will probably have happened by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, he'll essentially also act as the team's general manager. But 
Yes, it's so fascinating with Washington. While the rest of the league is hiring offensive-minded head coaches, Washington goes with a defensive mind. So whoever they get as offensive coordinator is going to be pretty much as important to hire as Rivera. Rivera, though, one of four coaches in the last 30 years to win multiple AP NFL Coach of the Year awards. Belichick has won three. Bruce Arians and Dan Reeves have each won two. So he will raise Washington's floor, to be sure. But while every other team in football, again, is going with the offensive guy, the Washington's gone with the defensive guy to run things. So outside of Terry McLaurin at the skill positions, they have nothing. Nobody is sure if Dwayne Haskins is the guy. So there is still a lot of work to be done. And here, guess Dan Snyder is still going to be there. So at the end of the day, this might not mean anything because Dan Snyder has been the one constant over the last 20 years that has kept Washington from maintaining success. They've hired all kinds of coaches. They've hired all kinds of general managers, guys with good track records, and none of it's worked because Dan Snyder has been the one calling the shots. So we'll see if the ouster of Bruce Allen is a wake-up call for Dan Snyder in Washington. I'll believe it when I see it. So now the third thing we know who we get after the Seahawks lost on a last second uh, in the last second uh, to the 49ers at home on Sunday night football falling half a yard short of taking the lead the Seahawks are going to be the team coming to Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon. I was thinking of doing a BGN Memories podcast on the Eagles playoff opponent, whoever it was, but can't do that because the Seahawks are the only NFC team the Eagles have never played in the postseason. Overall, the Eagles have lost five in a row to Seattle, including a game earlier this year, 17-9, which was easily Wentz's worst game of the season. But the defense held Russell Wilson in check. If this Eagles offense had been playing in that game, the Eagles would have handled that team easily. They would have won by at least 10 points, if not more. The last time the Eagles beat Seattle was in 2008 when they won 26-7. Guess who scored the Eagles two touchdowns that day? Reggie Brown and Todd Harriman's, the offensive lineman. Obviously a trick play mixed in there. Bad Seattle coaching at the end of the game on Sunday night put, uh, forced them to absorb a delay of game penalty. They had the ball at the one-yard line uh, with about 40 seconds left. All they needed to do was punch it in and take the lead, and it would be San Francisco coming to Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon. But they had a delay of game call because because uh, uh, Pete Carroll screwed up the substitutions, and they couldn't get the play on in on time, and they had no timeouts left. It was a complete debacle. And Seattle, although they went 11-5, they have a point differential of just plus seven on the season. They have a plus seven at the end of the season. The Eagles' point differential, despite all the offensive problems and injuries, plus 31. So these two teams will play in the final wildcard matchup on Sunday, Sunday at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time in Philadelphia, which makes sense. Uh, the, the Seahawks were the latest game uh, on Sunday night. They got to fly West Coast to East Coast and come to Philadelphia uh, for that final wildcard matchup of the weekend next weekend. Listen, when the Eagles win that game, because I'll, I'll give you my prediction at the end of the week, but the Eagles are winning this game on Sunday afternoon. And when the Eagles win that game, they'll be able to get Deshaun Jackson back if he's ready to go. And if that happens, all bets are off. So let's send it to the podium. First, you'll hear from Doug Peterson and then from Carson Wentz in the moments after the Eagles win over the Giants on Sunday. And then you'll hear again from Doug Peterson with his Monday afternoon news conference. When you like to dance, Howard? Yeah, I do. Actually. You should have been in there. You should have been in there because it was it was it was excitement. It was guys dancing. The music was going. Guys are excited, um, and and it's just a, it's a great feeling. You know, we set out back in uh, July. This was this was obviously one of many of our goals this season, and uh, you know, obviously we can check this box. But uh, what I love about this football. 
football team is is how how we we have we have stuck together the entire season um through through all the ups and downs through all the injuries we've battled we've we put ourselves in this position to to win the nfc east we've done that but but again what what i see from our players is they're they're already talking about next week and coming to work this week and preparing for next week and and uh just tells me that the guys are in the right frame of mind just having all that happen make you feel better to overcome everything that you had to overcome this year I mean, it does, you know, in a way, but, but for me too, personally, I mean, we still have hopefully, you know, hopefully a lot of football left and, and, um, you know, I'm just so happy for the guys, for the coaches, uh, for what they've, uh, had to endure dealing with you guys all the time and, 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 you know, battling through that. But, um, th- this is one of our goals, obviously, and, and I'm, and I'm happy and I'm excited and, and all that, but, uh, uh, we get to continue to play. Think of the the arc of this season, Doug, and the job that you yourself have done. What are you most proud of? I, you know, I just think just uh, staying consistent with the players. I think just uh, getting them to believe in themselves. You know, honestly, uh, through through all the the different adversities and, and things that we've faced, through the different you know the, the amount of injuries that have piled up, and the next guy, and, and promoting all the practice squad players, and and just sort of for me, just kind of keeping everybody on the same page. I think that's the that's the most proud that, that I feel with these, with these guys and, and leaning on the leadership of the football team and the veterans and, um, leaning on the coaching staff and, and, uh, just trusting, you know, and, and in this business, we, we have to trust a lot of people. And, uh, um, that's, that's what I'm most proud about. You went into this game, obviously, with so many guys out. Zach didn't play. And then halfway through the game, Miles goes down, Brandon goes down. Are you thinking to yourself, sort of here we go again with, I mean, in, in the back of my mind, it, it, it did cross, you know, my mind, like, man, when, when can we get a, catch a break, you know, with some of these injuries? But, uh, you know, it's just Boston stepped up, um, you know, Vinny stepped up, Derek stepped up. I mean, you can just go right down the list with the guys and, um, you know, just that's, I guess that for me, that's what I'm most proud about is how these guys respond. Do you have anything preliminary on either Sanders or Brooks? <clears throat> not, not yet. Um, Obviously, we'll get more tomorrow when we get them in and, and get them checked out, but uh, nothing, nothing at this point. Does this feel different from two years ago? I mean, obviously, at the end of the regular season, two years ago, you already knew you were in, and so you didn't have to play your way in like this. But does this feel sort of like the adversity? You didn't have your quarterback then. This time, that's almost all you got aside from your first line, guys. I mean, how, how does it feel? I mean, yeah, I mean, it feels it feels great, honestly. Um you know, I can remember back to 17 and we were the number one seed. And, and at the time, I think we were the worst number one seed, quite honestly. And, uh, we had, we didn't have a shot and, as a one seed. So, you know, now we're, we're a division winner. We're what the fourth seed, I guess, and probably still don't have a shot, but, uh, that's okay. Um, we're going to go to work this week and prepare whoever we get and, um, get to play in front of our fans, um, next weekend. And, and that's, uh, Everybody's record is zero and zero, so that's that's what we focus on. So there's a point during this game where Dallas Goddard was the only uh, guy on the field, skill skill player on the field that was on the active roster week one. So what does that kind of say about uh, Carson Wentz and, and his ability to sort of adapt all the guys that, that have come in and, and be able to produce with with you know all these new faces? Um, I'll tell you this: Carson's a part of it, but I I I, I commend my coaching staff on offense. I commend Mike Rowe for putting plans together to help these players play and be successful. Carson Walsh for putting them in the right positions to be successful. For Justin Peel to coach up the tight ends in the run run game and the you know the the pass game and 
you know, deuce to get, to get Boston Scott caught up to speed and, um, you know, coach Stoutland to, to get a, to get a Matt Pryor ready to go, to get a, a Nate Herbig ready to go. You know, that's, that's where it starts. And so that's, that's what I'm the most proud of is, is my staff. Carson, Carson's a part of it, right? Um, and, and, you know, he, he is, he is really, I think what we've seen here in the last month is how, He's really embraced his role, how he's sort of, you know, grown up, you know, with our offense, with, with playing this game and, and, uh, just, um, you know, uh, helping us, helping us win the East. More than just from a football standpoint? I think so. I think he's grown up as a leader of this team. Um, you've seen it here now the last couple of games, how he's really just put the team on his back and said, Hey, you know, follow me. And I think that's a sign of growth and a sign of maturity. I, I, I spent eight years in Green Bay with Brett Favre and that's what Brett did. Brett just put the team on his back when, when the chips were against us and, and, uh, he said, Hey, follow me. And that's what Carson can do. And, um, the guys really, you know, and, and I have so much faith and trust in him that I can call almost any play and, um, you know, he's either going to make that one work or he's going to get us into a better play. And so he's really grown up that way and, uh, really matured that way in this league and, and, um, uh, just, just really turned into a, into a pro. How much has it been the younger players believing in him, Boston Scott, Greg Ward and others? You know, and, and they, that's the thing is they, they look, I mean, I mean, Carson's only year four and they're looking up to him like he's a, you know, he's a 12 year vet and, and, um, I, I think that they, they look to him for that leadership, for that guidance, for, you know, help me when I'm on the field. And that's what we see during practice during the week. That's what we see during games. Um, and, and that's been, that's been sort of our, I think, a little bit of our success here down, down the stretch. One of these high, high leverage situations for Carson, though, you can talk about his talent, what he did in 2017, but. Now that he's been in these situations and performed in them, how does that help his development? Well, it's like I said. I mean, he just—I I think it just—it uh, elevates his performance. Um, uh, it, it allows the guys around him to to just be who they are, um, and and, um, and and quite honestly, just just be able to just run the offense as 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 we put it together, you know, during the week. And and he's got—he still has a lot of input on that. You know, how guys line up, where they line up and things of that nature. And just, um, you know, we're seeing that again. We're seeing that maturity and that growth in him. And, and he's really, uh, he's really become, you know, uh, a, a very, uh, elite quarterback in this league. After Barkley scores that touchdown, did you see a renewed effort on your team to kind of, hey, look, let's put this game away right now? Which one? After Barkley's touchdown run, the, the big one. Oh, to, uh, to tie it back up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we felt like we went down and scored, and I think it went up seventeen ten, and felt like we had a little momentum and a little energy. And man, that that uh, of course, you know, he's a tremendous back, obviously, and got a lot of respect for him. And and uh, just he he they scored, and you know, we said, hey, we we just got to keep going, you know, keep keep playing, and we knew something was going to go our way, hopefully, uh, in this game. And um, we just kept trusting each other and 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 put some drives together, and and. Uh, Defense, uh, defense hung in there. Um, you know, got a big turnover there. You know, that, that set up another touchdown. So, you know, all the pieces kind of came together. Uh, I think after that touchdown run, both, both JJ and Jordan Howard were active but didn't play very much. Was that a result of the injuries? Um, a little, a little. I want to be protective of those guys. Um, we don't have any bodies left. You know, 
So uh, I want to be as protective as I can and, and make sure these guys uh, are healthy now, uh, at least uh, healthy enough, you know, going into these next uh, this next week uh, at least. You know, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful to be out here with the guys in these big, meaningful games. Um, grateful to be playing into January. Uh, you know, the last few weeks have been. Uh, you know, uh, backs against the wall for us. And guys have responded and, and stepped up and kept making play after play after play and um, just kept believing, kept believing. And, and here we are, uh, you know, playing into January and hopefully we can do something special now. It certainly hasn't been easy, all the injuries. You guys had more today. Um, when you look back at it, how, how much have you tried to just be a leader throughout all this? Yeah, I think that's what makes it, you know, that much more special um, is the, the camaraderie and the guys just buying in and believing. You know, buying in and believing and, you know, whether that's guys on the defensive side, offensive side, um, we've had to, we've had new playmakers almost every week, you know, different guys stepping up because guys are getting hurt and banged up. And, um, it's just fun to see guys, you know, show up in big moments like that, that, you know, maybe last year on the practice squad, you know, and, and for them to step up in the way they have and the way guys have been making plays, it's been so cool to see. And, and, you know, I think it makes it that much more fun, uh, to do what we did. And then hopefully we can go do something special, like I said. Carson, personally for you, what does it mean to get to this point finally and to do it with, let's be honest, a bunch of guys who, who were on the practice squad this year? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm just grateful. Uh, extremely grateful for, to be healthy and to be out here playing in these meaningful games. Um, you know, and, and I know the guys are, are fired up. You know, we're fired up. You know, it's been a, it was quite the season, you know, for us, uh, the regular season with a lot of ups and downs and, uh, the way we responded late in the year with our backs against the wall to, to do what we did and to, to get in this moment. Uh, you know, I think guys are thankful for it, but, uh, we're still hungry. You said, given, given how hungry you said you are, you guys might be going into the playoffs with the worst record in the NFC, but, Given the last few weeks and the confidence they're building, does that make you a dangerous team? I mean, I'd say come playoff time, records don't matter. You know, records don't matter. They all go out the window, and you know we're we're also grateful we're going to be playing a home game next week too. So uh, hopefully, fans show up and uh, have a, quite the rocking atmosphere next week. Being starters, you already were coming into the game, and then you see a couple more go down miles and Brandon. Is it because you've been dealing with this the whole time that it's not a state of shock to you? Or, or yeah, I mean, partially. I mean, you've just seen injuries here and there, and and. Um, a lot of these guys have, have been in these moments already. You know, Pryor had a couple weeks ago uh, against Seattle. He, he had to come in out of, out of the blue like that. And, um, you know, Boston's been ready. He, he's been making plays for a while now, and um, we just lean more on him. And, and just guys just keep stepping up, you know. So it's uh, especially mid-game. You don't have time to, to worry about it or, or stress about it. It's just, hey, plug and play. Let's go, you know. And, and guys kept, kept making plays, and uh, it was cool to see. After the game with Doug, not to talk about or at least reflect at all on, on what you guys. Just doing. real quick, uh, I'm sure we will. You know, this week or, or I should say tonight here, but um, it, it's just cool. You know, he's been believing in all of us and just kept preaching belief um, in each other and in the coaches and everyone just bought in and trusted everybody and um, it, it's been pretty cool, right? Carson, this game was tied 17 all, and you talk about belief. I mean, did you guys believe at that point that you were going to find a way to win this game? Absolutely. You know, guys uh, never hung their heads. Um, you know, Saquon had that long run in offense. All right, let's, let's go get another one. You know, in defense, obviously they were frustrated about it, but you could see it in their eyes. They were going to go make plays, you know, and so we went down and scored. Um, they had the big stop, the big turnover, and um, guys just fed off that, that emotion and that momentum. And, uh, you know, before you knew it, it was, what was it, 34, um, 17. So uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. The way guys rallied around each other. Last time the team won the NFC East, you weren't healthy. Does it feel different and how much better right now 
to celebrate with the guys as a healthy guy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can't say it enough. I'm just grateful to be healthy. You know, I think the last few years, um, they give you time to reflect and really think about this. So it's, it, there's moments like this that I definitely don't take for granted. Um, that I'm very grateful to be out there with my guys. Um, and, and we're playing in January, and I'm thankful for that. Heard you that it was sort of the inverse. You were healthy, but nobody else was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's been the story ever since I, I got into the league. You know, it's been the next man up. Um, every year you've seen the adversity that we've dealt with, and guys keep doing a great job stepping up. And uh, like I've been saying, you know, we're excited to hopefully go go make some noise. Over these last four games, you really had to win almost all these games in the fourth quarter. Was the belief? Built in that first Giants game three years ago when, when you're missing a lot of guys and you have to instill that belief in everybody? Um, I mean, that was obviously a big turning point, you could say. Um, just the way we had a, had a terrible first half offensively and, and it was, hey, backs against the wall. And um, you could you could argue from then on, it was just that belief in everybody um, and trust in everybody that no matter who's out there, they're going to make the play. And that's me trusting them, throwing them the ball. Um, guys trust me with what I'm, route I'm giving them and, and everything in between. Um, it's been fun to see guys buy in and keep making Play. Describe the shirt. NFC is not enough. I mean, it could have just said champs. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I didn't design the shirt, but I think it's pretty sweet. Um, I think my wife's probably mad I'm not wearing the suit, uh, full suit she picked out. But um, no, I mean, we're, we're still hungry. You know, I think that's the, that's the concept is we're still hungry. We're not done. Um, and, you know, we're extremely pumped and thrilled about this win here. But we'll enjoy it tonight. But we're, we're back at it uh, tomorrow. You guys have had a lot of success the past few weeks um, getting those chunk plays, especially in the passing game today downfield. What do you think that's a function of? Um, you know, kind of evaluate that that area of your game. Yeah. Um, first of all, great play design. Um, you know, and, and teams. I mean, it seems every week they just keep getting safeties keep getting lower and lower. And for us, it's all right. We got to find a way. You know, and coach had some great play designs to to get me out of pocket and push the ball down the field. And guys made some great plays. Made some great. Talked about the throw to Perkins on the touchdown pass, but you kind of had to throw it a long way there. When did you see him? I mean, that that wasn't, I imagine, the first read. Uh, well, they had they had it covered pretty well, and th that was the play design. Um, it just wasn't supposed to happen that that late. Um, like I said, they had it covered pretty well, but Perk just kept running and uh, outran the coverage, and it, it was pretty sweet. It is Seattle that you play next week. What is it about that, that first meeting that you remember and, and wish you could uh, have back, I guess? I just, just remember the turnovers. You know, I thought offensively, I thought we did some decent things. We just gave them the ball, you know, and, and those are things that, that will get cleaned up, and we're, we're excited for the opportunity, whoever it may be. And like I said, we're pumped that it's at home. You know, we're going to take advantage of that, and we're going to have some fun next week. Carson, Doug, when he was in here, mentioned his coaching staff and how proud he was of them for getting <laughs> all the moving parts ready. You just mentioned the play calling. What, what has Mike Grode done for you over these past weeks? Yeah, Coach Grode does a tremendous job every week, you know, putting together the offense, really. Um, and and started, it starts with him, obviously, offensively, and Coach Peterson. And then uh, each position coach has done a great job making sure these young guys and all these new faces and different things going on, moving pieces that we have, uh, making sure guys are locked in on their, on their task and ready to make plays. And um, coaches have done an amazing job, you know, and just finding what, what guys do best and putting them in those situations and to, to make big plays. And, and you've seen that the last few weeks. Carson, did you ever imagine throwing to the guys you've been throwing to? Like, you know, yeah, like I said, I just think it makes it that much sweeter, you know, that, that guys have been, um, obviously you don't want injuries you never want to deal with injuries, but it's part of football. And for, for a lot of these guys, um, 
coming from a practice squad, being young, you know, the, the journeys that a lot of them have been on, uh, I think it makes it that much sweeter to be a part of, uh, of guys doing, you know, doing this stuff and doing something special together and buying in. Um, and I, again, I think it's, it's pretty cool. What did you learn watching the postseason the last two years? Uh, I learned that I was hungry to get out there. You know, I, I, more than anything, it, it was frustrating to watch um, for, for me personally. But like I said, I'm grateful for, for this opportunity and we're going to make the most of it. This is two years in a row, Carson. Now you guys have hit your peak at the end of the year. What is it about the team, the infrastructure? That's not a that can't be a coincidence. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, first of all, it's a great time to, to be hitting our stride for one. Um, you know, and, and obviously, like we said, there's been a lot of ups and downs and different things all season long. Um, but guys are hung together and really finding what we're good at and what we're what we do well. Um, and putting guys in the right situations. And, and so guys just keep believing, keep fighting. Um, and it's been cool to see us, you know, hit our stride now and hopefully we can carry it over into the playoffs. Thanks, Thank you, guys. No, well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome. Uh, Brooks, Sanders, and Maddox. What's the Brooks. Um, yeah, Brooks. So uh, he had the separated right shoulder uh, during the game on the on the PAT. Um, it... Uh, he suffered a little more damage in there, so he's actually uh, going to miss the remainder of the season. And then Miles Sanders and Avante Maddox. Miles, 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 and uh, Avante. So Miles Sanders first, obviously, you know, low body, uh, the ankle. Uh, he's going to be day to day. Should be, uh, should be okay. Uh, got good news on him. Same with Avante. Um, you know, physical sport, but uh, both those guys are tough guys and, and should be okay. You got a lot of guys sort of get nicked up and come back in that game. Are, are any of those ones that you have to monitor this week? Um, the only other report I guess I, I could put out there is Deshaun Hall, last play of the game, uh, ACL. So he's done for the year. Um, it's unfortunate. But everybody else that got nicked up, the Brandon Grahams, guys like that, um, you know, Craig James, guys that came out, got evaluated, are all going to be uh, okay. With Brandon out, if Lane can come back, do you stick with Pryor at red guard or do you move Vitae there? You know, the obviously there's some flexibility there. Um, you know, Lane Lane will work uh, himself back in to practice this week. Uh, we'll see where he's at at the end of the week, but uh, we have some options. Obviously, you know, Big V's played in there with Lane. Prior played well in the game, so we're comfortable with him uh, either at guard or tackle uh, if need be. So we've got some options there, and, and we'll see how the week plays out. You guys have had a lot of injuries this year, but um, last year in the Saints game, I remember Jason Kelsey saying that you guys were one right guard away from possibly moving on. How big of a loss is this? Um, you know, Brandon's a big loss. Uh, you know, he's a he's an anchor of the offensive line. He, he's big and physical, and, and uh, you know, he's a professional. He comes to work every day ready to go. So, um, you know, but, uh, you know, to, to Matt Pryor's credit, he, he stepped in, did well uh, in, in, the, in the game yesterday, and, and uh, we expect if he if he's the guy, we expect him to uh, to pick up where, where Brandon left off. But Definitely a big loss in Brandon's case. Um, what about some of the some of the other guys who, who sat out? Ertz um, is he close to returning? Jalen? Yeah, Ertz is another one that um, you know we're going to monitor each day uh, this week. We can incorporate him back into uh, into practice and and uh, see where he's at at the end of the week and, and make a decision then. To, Dave, to Dave's point, how do you guys, to Dave's point, how do you guys make sure that you guard against that thought that you know with all the injuries that you've sustained? It's not just one right guard away that you guys can go out there and continue to, to build what, you, what you've done this season. I mean, that's just kind of been our, our MO every week. Um, and, you know, uh, to credit, again, to, to my coaches, to the, to the players that are, that are stepping up and, and playing and, and making plays. And, 
you know, it's no different, you know, in this case. And, and, um, you know, we, we got a, we got a great opportunity in front of us and, uh, you know, again, uh, Seattle's not going to feel sorry for us, obviously, uh, coming in here and, you know, we can't do the same. Yeah, we just got to continue to work, practice, prepare, and then get ready for Sunday. There was talk earlier in the season that if you guys made the playoffs, Deshaun could possibly be ready to come back. What's his status? He's getting close. Um, you know, we're still going to monitor him. Uh, he's, he's been running on land, trending in the right direction. Again, we'll see where he is at the end of the week before we make that decision. But he can't. He's not eligible. He's not eligible yet until we activate him. Correct. What are you most proud of right now? A couple of things. Uh, very proud of uh, you know my coaching staff. Obviously preparing and and with the amount of you know adversity and injuries we've had on really both sides of the ball, being able to get guys ready and prepared to play, it's not easy. And um, you know, offensively, you know, speaking, we've had a lot of new faces. Um, a lot of young receivers and uh, a lot of young running backs. So, you know, my hat's off to my staff there. And then and then a credit to the players. Players, these young players coming in, making plays. They're hungry. They're eager. They, they, they want to do what's right. They, they're coachable, um, and, and they're doing the right things. And, um, you know, our quarterback obviously has a lot of trust and faith in them. Uh, they spend a lot of time during the week, you know, preparing and, and getting ready for games and, and I just think where we are putting ourselves in this position to, to play for the NFC East yesterday. And uh, I'm proud of the leadership of the football team, you know, the veteran guys that uh, really have have kept kept this team together, you know, through through all of it. Um, and then and then to, uh, you know, to win the game yesterday and win the NFC East, put ourselves in the, in the postseason. So quite a few things to be proud of with this football team. You've been around, obviously, a long time as a player and a coach. Records aside, because you guys are nine and seven, obviously the lowest record in heading to this playoffs. What what can be said about the the confidence factor? I mean, obviously you guys are going in this on a forty game winning streak, and despite the names on your that are out on the field now, who are some unknowns, you guys seem like you really have belief in yourself. Like how, how important is that versus actual talent? I I think that that speaks a lot to the to the team. Um, that confidence can can go a long way. Uh, I think, and and it's 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 a it's a belief, you know, an internal belief that, that, you know, we can, we can do it and we can get it done. And, you know, I've said a lot and, and our guys talk to, you know, talk to you guys a lot about, Hey, it's about what we do and about us. And, and it's, it's really what it is. And, um, you know, the, the confidence I think that the team has that it doesn't matter that, you know, who's in the lineup, we're going to, we're going to somehow find a way, you know, to get the job done. And, um, again, it's a credit to uh, you know some of the veteran players that are on this on the team that have kept kept these guys coming, kept them plugged in, and um, again the coaches and all that. But that that confidence, uh, you know, uh, is 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 real, and it's something that we have to we have to lean on that. You know, obviously, you know, moving forward. How can it help you guys game plan now, having just faced the Seattle team, given they've sustained some of their own injuries, but just a few weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same with the Giants, you know, that we, we saw just a few weeks back, and this team is about five weeks ago. Um, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, e- even even in their last five games and, and you know, the, what they've done, you know, they haven't, scheme-wise, they haven't changed. But, you know, some of the personnel, obviously, their offense has changed a little bit. It's a little different now uh, offensively. Um, they still have one guy, Russell Wilson, that uh, is electric and can beat you. Uh, defensively, 
you know, same same group of guys. We'll, you know, I've got a report that Michael Kendricks might be might miss. You know, other than that, I mean, it's it's the same group, and so we have to we have to go back and look at that tape. We got to make those corrections. We had five turnovers in that game, which which uh, is not good, um, and and put a good plan together this week. So uh, much like going into the Giants week. Um, you know, we got to have we got to have some things ready to go, some wrinkles, and uh, but at the same time, we know we're dealing with some young players ourselves, so uh, it takes uh, it takes some takes some work to get that done. He will, yeah, he will. I wanted to ask you specifically about uh, Deontay Burnett because he's a guy who wasn't even here; he wasn't even on the practice squad until 18 days ago. Uh, what's the biggest challenge for a new guy like that in Carson as far as? Kind of getting to the point. I mean, he made one of your biggest plays of the day yesterday. I just think, um, just timing. You know, just you know how how he runs routes, how he you know sees the ball coming out of Carson's hand, and you know all that timing and, and accuracy and things like that. You know, between those two, I think is the, the the biggest difference that, or the biggest uh, hurdle that those two have to overcome. But you know. Uh, we noticed, you know, uh, Deontay right away when he was servicing and going against our defense in practice, much like Greg, Greg Ward. He was making plays. He was showing up. Robert Davis, same way, making plays. And and so now it's just a matter of, you know, getting him caught up with our offense and, and having a role for those guys and and being specific with that role and cl- clearly defining that role and the plays that they're going to be in on and um, so that they can focus on focus on that. Getting back to Zach Ertz, the report came out that he has a lacerated kidney. Is that accurate, and how does that complicate your hopes in, in getting him back? Well, I, I'm no medical doctor, um, so I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't believe a lot of those reports, obviously. But uh, I know this that, you know, Zach's a tough guy, and and uh, we're going to be smart. Obviously, we're going to do our due diligence before we, uh, you know, put any injured player back out on the field. But but uh, we're excited that we can at least incorporate him back into the into the work this week. That first Seahawks game, Doug, was was probably Carson's worst game of the season, certainly in terms of, of turnovers, uh, which you talked about yesterday. Since then, he has not turned the ball over very much. No interceptions in this four-game winning streak. What do you attribute that to? Just not throwing it to them. Um, schematic is it decision making? You know, I, I think we've we've changed offensively. I think we understand as a staff who we are. You know, quite frankly, the personnel that we have, and and uh, using using those strengths to our advantage. And you know, we you know we've gotten Carson out of the pocket a little bit more, utilized some play action pass a little bit more. Um, you know, one of the things that that is still sort of hurting us a little bit is is penalties on first and second down to keep us in some longer yardage situations and it's hard to overcome but uh and i think just just carson understanding the guys around him and, and the ball being distributed in different spots the run game is a big part of that so you know i think all in all just just learning from the season learning from our mistakes uh has really helped him and helped our offense you know uh progress to where we are right now Slides. Um, I think you had like more than a dozen guys in the game Sunday who were on your 53-man roster to start the season. Just like how how amazing is that that you know you're able to win these these playoff you know playoff type games you know with pretty much a you know 25 percent of your roster turning over and, and what does that say about Carson and, and how he's been able to um, you know adjust? Yeah. Well, I tell you, it just goes to show you that it's not about one guy. 
as I've said many, many times, uh, it's about the team and, uh, you know, it's just the resiliency of the next man and, and the guys that, that, that want to play and are the guys that are healthy enough to play, uh, that, you know, and, and in Carson's case, I think, you know, listen, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it, that's the guys that we have throwing the ball to, I mean, it, we can't bring Alshon back and Deshaun back and, you know, all these guys. And, um, but yet we got to continue to work and continue to, to build and coach the players we have. And that's what we've done. And I think that's why it goes back to what I'm most proud of is the fact that how our coaches, my coaches have been able to prepare those guys, right? New guys, new guys, you said new guys that weren't even in training camp with us. Um, to, to, to play and to play at this level. And, um, you know, uh, obviously it's my, you know, it's sort of as the head coach, it's, it's, you know, uh, my responsibility to, to present and paint the picture for the team. Like, you know, every week's a playoff game, you know, which it has been for the last four. Um, and the guys believe in that. And then they start having success. They start believing in each other, believing in, you know, the team, and, and that's what we've seen. I, th- I think I've seen this team come together as a team, and, uh, you know, we've won some tough games here down the stretch. Well, Is your view of practice about players? Jordan Howard yesterday, I thought many people thought he might have a bigger role. Why, why the hesitation to put him in when Miles went out, and do you expect his role to maybe grow a little bit more on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Boston obviously is, you know, was – had had a heck of a game, you know, in in, in Miles's absence, and um, you know Jordan Jordan, um, we just wanted to make sure that you know Jordan was ready to go. Again, we talked about the conditioning last week and, and things of that nature, and, and risking anything further with him. And um, you know, I, I would expect that his workload would increase a little bit more this week as he gets more into game shape and game ready. And um, you know, we'll have a plan for Jordan moving forward, and and uh, you know he's going to have to he's going to have to play coming down the stretch here. Do you want to practice about game after the Seattle game, the one where you really determined as a staff, hey, we've got to get Carson moving a little bit more. It, it looked like because of the turnovers, obviously, it looked like teams were scheming. They weren't worrying as much about containment as they were scheming to get to that spot, and you probably saw that. Was was that yeah. the game that really made you say, hey, we really have to get after? This yeah, game? and if you remember. Um, you know, we had we had some issues there on the right side of our line too, and and we had to shuffle some things as early as the first quarter, and it just disrupted some timing, and and so you know, in in ways of helping those guys, the play action pass, the screen game, and the getting Carson out of the pocket have, have kind of been kind of the you know uh, our success here, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season, and. You know, we just got to continue to find ways to do that, and and, and we got to help the offensive line that way as well. Um, and you know, it looks like we're going to have to make you know I'll shuffle some guys again. You know, going into going into this week, so you know, we'll have a plan. We'll be ready. I, I would expect that. I mean, that's that's what Carson's good at too. You know, and uh, so we got to be smart with that. We good. We're good. Maybe. P G N.